Hey friends, welcome to Produce's People, the podcast with Nate Montgomery, the Produce Champion. I hope you enjoy the show. Make sure that you listen to it, make sure you share it, and make sure that you tell us what you think about it. Hey friends, welcome to a new episode of Produce's People as we explore from the fields to the fork, from the soil to your stomach, how food, whether it's veg or whether it's fruit, how food gets to your house. We have a special guest today. We have Hugo Bryan. Uh, he is in Montreal and has been in the produce industry for a while. And uh, welcome, no, Ryan. sorry. Hugo, I mean. <laughs> All right, well, thank welcome. you, Nate. Uh, uh, we really appreciate having you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit. You've been in the produce industry for some time. And uh, share with yeah, us. Yeah, I've been bit of your in the produce industry since 2007. Uh, mostly, the first part of my career was with retailers. Then uh, I did work a, a year for a manufacturer, and now it's been five years on the producer side, the producer side. Great. And so, and you specialize in importing fruit. Yes, exactly. So Canada, what right? we focus and specialize is the tailor-made program with advanced pricing, mostly known with adjustment, obviously, depending on the market. Uh, but we target a certain size and certain part of the crop of the growers that they have more difficulty of uh, selling through the mainstream. Uh, as an example, if you take grapes, you know, mostly all the jumbo size grape, you know, size 1,000 or 1,100 would have no issue to, to, to be sold, you know, but on the smaller side, you know, the 500 and 700, it's a little bit more harder. So we try to, to develop programs for those type of growers in Chile and Peru. Yeah, great. Well, um, I've always said that uh, my best life coach has been produce, and I've learned lots of life lessons. Um, I've had other people share uh, one of the common common threads is uh, that produce teaches patience. Is there a life lesson that you've learned throughout the years with produce that you would like uh, to share with us? Sometime I would say that your first loss is the best. Uh, it's... <laughs> Oh, it's not going to get better. So th that's a hard one to learn. Uh, yeah. When yeah. you start to have issue, you better make the amputation right away. As I like to say, you know, you have to cut it and get rid of it. Uh, if not, it's, it's going to blow in your face. And after it's just going to get worse, you might even lose, get a rejection, lose the freight and just add costs. That's at the end, make product way easier if you make the decision earlier. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a that's a great line. I, I didn't understand it when I first, uh, you know, I've been in produce deal for, I don't know, I guess 17 years, something like that. Um, I never understood that. We would say your first loss is your best loss, but it really is true. When you see a problem, if you just address it, even if it's drastically right now and uh, and move on, Excuse me. It's a whole lot better than running around trying to um, squeeze every dollar out of it. Usually, as you're squeezing every penny out here, you're squirting out dollars out the other end. So, it's uh, that's a that's a great <laughs> lesson. So, tell me, you, uh, you for the last five years or so, you worked with um, 
Chilean and Peruvian growers. And based on what you were describing, it's, it's almost like a surgical uh, approach to the market where you're saying, we're not trying to have everything for everybody. We're not trying to be a one-stop shop. We're going to focus in on some specific items, maybe even specific grades and sizes for specific customers. How does that how does that come together? What did that look like uh, on a day to day? Uh, as I process? say, you know, it's mostly um, knowing your pro your all the growers that you have to access to. So I personally know mostly all of them. Uh, so we walk a lot of field tours and as discussing with them, you know, like on the Clementine sites, normally you're going to have, uh, if you take Clementine Mandarin market, you're going to have major importer in the U.S. Uh, bringing mm -hmm. millions of cases uh, with their own specs, uh, pick from a field anywhere in Chile or in Peru. Uh, and they're going to say, hey, we only want... Uh, 80% size one, two, three, and you, I'm allowing to put you like two to four pallet of size four per load. So that's it. You take it, you leave it. That's our advanced money. That's the deal. So most of the growers are forced to take those deals, but they're left with with the other size and the fields that they use to. Yes, they were the leftover. Uh, originally, it was sold to the uh, interior market, mm. but obviously, as the exportation the country of exportation grows its exportation, the, the, the volume grows, so there's so much piece of fruit that can be eaten within the local Chilean population or Peruvian population. So what do we do with those piece of fruit? You know, so that's where we come in place, you know, and we, we, we find out strategies to, to try to, to make the growers uh, have the profitability of 100% of this crop. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just ignore a segment of the crop and say well that didn't get sold you got to have a home for for everything so to spread out and to know who gets what and who's the best customer for what that's that's really great um what are you seeing as challenges um maybe post pandemic what are some of the challenges that people are running into that uh, we should be aware of well obviously uh, if you talk on the consumer side the inflation the high inflation and the on the product on the uh, grower side is the, the cost of the fertilizer and the diesel and so on so on the cost of labor the lack of water you have all the natural disaster also we've seen it in canada this year and if you guys in part in the u.s at the all the extent of that bad weather we had with those extensive fire you know so yeah this this is why it's really concerning but on the industry side what i'm seeing is there's a consolidation of labels uh, uh, as you uh, you used to have local label doing only the local crop let's say california or some blueberry from new jersey now they're mostly going into importer trying to do 12 months a year with uh, their labels so that's uh, obviously put their give them the power to switch country and regions since they're the one accessing the shelf, you know? So I think that that's a con it's doing some complication here at that side because you have one one label on the shelf for all year long and you just move countries, you know? So yeah. that also cut the competitivity of the pricing that supermarket is having. You know? So 
uh it, it well, on is the, on the sales side that's genius right because on the sales side that's genius because you're not surrendering the po but as, on the grower side it many times means that you put another layer between you and the consumer exactly because it's like now when it was a transition let's say between the, the end of chile beginning of mexico and the <clears> beginning <throat> of california and grapes you know you give the power to one label to decide when the transition is done you know so that's <laughs> that's a big uh, that's a big interrogation point in my mind in the future what's going to happen but i understand on the retailer side their their, their shelf doesn't look like a parking lot they gain competitive price uh, they can match it with some middleman and uh, so yeah what what do you think consumers should should know about uh when they're going to vote with their dollars to buy something, what are the things that they should consider besides, you know, it's $3.99 a bag or whatever? What what are what are some of the things that, that really should go into the consideration in the buying process? Well, on the consumer side, obviously the the when would they, they as you say they can vote with their dollars, you know, so obviously local agriculture is gonna always gonna be the first grown clothes from home, you know, so try to support your local growers. That's the first part. But then obviously there's time in the season there's no there's no local production for some of those commodities, you know. So what they have to know it's that uh, when they buy a three ninety nine, uh, or there's a better example would be if they buy a bag of orange at six ninety nine, that the actual the actual right. growers at the bottom of the line might only get fifty cents a kilo, uh, once. So that's about a dollar a bag. So all the rest it's loss in costs between the growers to the final retailers. So my job and our job of my company is to try to to save as much percentage everywhere and uh, return this to the final consumer so they can have a better product uh, at a better cost and the growers can have a better return yeah well that's that's huge so we really have to be conscious of taking care of everybody in the process i always talk about the hands of produce you know it's the people that harvest it it's the people that pack it it's obviously the people that grow it but it's not just that there's there's banks involved and there's freight companies involved and there's you know even the the merchandiser at the store level and the produce clerk so many people have to touch that and so many lives are dependent on that 699 purchase and so um i always like to encourage people you know if you liked it once buy it again and, and keep buying it uh as long as you can afford it keep buying produce because uh, it keeps the the whole system going and uh, it's a whole lot better for you than uh, refined sugars and refined flowers I, I but, think we can all uh, agree on that it's, it's a long-term <laughs> investment you, your body will thank yeah. you in the long term it's gonna add a few yeah. years yeah. when you you eat between five to ten portion of uh, fruit and veggies yeah. now you talked about the local deal too and um I mean, your your neck of the woods, uh, Montreal and uh, Toronto, the, they really are really good about being loyal to the local uh, local fruit, local suppliers. Uh, it's it's kind of a cultural thing, right? Oh, it is, and but also it's fresher and it's normally it's cheaper because don't get me wrong, any truck that 
does around five, six hundred uh, kilometer, about three hundred miles. It's almost a thousand dollar, you know. So yeah. when you when you cut that distance, you know, it goes fast. You know, on a sometime, you know, as I say, uh, on a purple color flowers, the growers might only do a hundred case on that week. You know, so if he's got mm -hmm. a thousand dollar freight <clears throat> to go to point A to point B, yeah, almost ten dollar freight case you know so that if you right. can get access to those fresh fruit and veggies from your local farms that's the best yeah and every, everybody wins so there's room for everything there's room for the local there's room room for the import and it make it uh, make no sense but, make no sense to have the import at the same time at the local you know as you as you say for the yeah, for the planet the climate change everything you know but i understand you know as People are uh, getting the customary, uh, getting the custom of having access to 12 months a year the same products, you know. Uh, so that's why it's it's our job to try to make them arrive at the best condition possible when when we are in season. Right. Exactly. Well, that's cool. Well. Hugo, thank you so much for taking your time. Uh, I love talking produce. I hope we could do this again sometime. And uh, maybe next time we could talk about the differences between uh, Clementines, Mandarins, and Mercots and all that. Most people didn't even know there's there's different names for that. I'd love to talk about that. And uh, I don't know. There's always more, more to discuss. So thank you so much for your time. And friends, if you're listening to this or if you're watching this, please take the time to find us on social media platforms we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on tiktok we're on linkedin and we're in english and in spanish so uh yeah that would be great share share us and uh, i always say in social media as in produce if you like it share it and uh, have a great day and we'll talk to you soon so that's the show folks Make sure that you like it, make sure that you share it, and follow us on LinkedIn, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram. We're in all the socials, even on YouTube. Make sure you follow us, share it, and like it.